0: whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead.
1: Hello, hello, Sacred Icon Halo listeners. If you're listening to this, you're tuning in to Oddball. Mm, yeah, I like that. Uh, this is where we talk on our bonus show about things unrelated to the Halo universe. And as always, I'm your host, Joel Joshua Hargis. And join with me is my buddy, my pal, your host, and my friend, Brian Arvette. Brian, dude, I know you just watched this. I watched this early in the morning. I'm super ready to talk about this. I need to talk about this. How you doing, man? I, I,
0: really, I actually really like your intro voice. You should use that more often. Oh, there yeah. You know. Nice. Yeah. My yeah, God. It, it, it sounds very <laughs> action hero-ish. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, so so what do you think? Oh, well, I should say before we get into this, guys, uh, the preface, it's going to be in the title anyway, but uh, we're going to be talking full spoilers from this whole point out. So if you haven't watched it yet, be sure and you know definitely stop this right here if you care about spoilers. If not, just keep on listening. But uh, it's yeah, for the a, first episode of the Mandalorian. Yes, yes, and it's for the first episode. The second one airs, I want to say, this Friday. Yes, yeah. So we're covering the first episode of the Mandalorian, which just released on Disney Plus. Um, it's going to have more episodes coming out soon, but they're releasing on a, a weekly basis, I think. So this is just for the first episode, and it's going to be heavy with spoilers. So but yeah, Brian, why don't you go ahead and dive in, man, and tell me what you think.
0: Uh, first, I was going to ask, uh, so the second episode comes out in the same week. Is that normal or just for the first week?
1: I think it's just for the first week. As far as I understand, it, every one after comes out weekly. It's just okay. for this one. And I think, too, uh, I think this one was, ran somewhere around 45 minutes, I think. And uh, from what I understand, each episode that comes out after is going to be longer. So I think we, the first episode is the shortest one.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, so I guess I'll just kind of sporadically share my thoughts because that's the best way for me to get across what I'm actually (laughs) thinking for this episode. But, um, like, well, I'll say that Disney knows exactly how to produce Star Wars visually. They know exactly what to do. You know what I mean? Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Like, when it comes to the visual representation of Star Wars, Disney knows it better than anyone it's amazing it's, it's exactly what I would want visually, like even you know people listening that maybe didn't like the last Jedi or didn't like solo or something, like even when you didn't like a certain movie or a certain aspect of the Disney Star Wars, you have to admit they always know the visual style, they know it really, really well, um, and when I started watching the Mandalorian, that's exactly what I thought immediately. I'm like, I feel like I'm in the world of Star Wars. This is exactly how it should look visually. I even felt like um. I'm kind of jumping ahead a bit, but there's that one scene where they're traveling in that speeder. It looks just like a new hope.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: got that. Um, But anyway, so like the beginning of the episode, you know, he goes to that bar or whatever. And, um, I'll say, i love, I love the Mandalorians. Does he have a name yet? Or is it just Mandalorian?
1: No, not yet. Not that I know. of. Um,
0: Yeah. I didn't think so. Um, so, I love his armor. I love the design. I love the aesthetic of the show. Uh, I love his voice. It matches his character so well. You know, the, the, what's his name? The guy from Game of Thrones. That's who plays him? Pedro Pascal. I don't Pascal know. His
1: name. Or Pascal. Yeah. I'm not sure how Pascal. it's pronounced. But yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I love how his, his voice and his actions and the armor, it all goes together to just pet kind of, paint the perfect visual of what i would expect the mandalorian to look and sound like um he definitely comes off like a badass like he should um i think i mean i think this is intentional but the blue guy that he gets for the first bounty that dude annoyed the heck out of me (laughs) really (laughs) yeah you didn't get that
1: well not i don't know necessarily but i mean Yes and no, I guess, but okay, tell me tell me why. Why did he annoy you?
0: <laughs> just just he wouldn't shut, he wouldn't stop talking and he was like he was almost like he almost seemed like he was trying to be comical in the way he like reasoned with the Mandalorian, but he just came off as super annoying. I was hoping he'd get killed. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like him at all. Yeah. Uh, which obviously he's not a character like a main character or anything. He's just there for the brief moment of the first episode um but yeah i found him super annoying which i I feel like maybe that was intentional um but i loved i loved seeing the the carbonite i know that's like not a new thing i know that that's how like i mean actually actually explain to me josh because you're the one who's you know star wars lore guy like was that always in the lore that like mandalorians use that as a method or was that like a thing that they just like retcon made up after
1: as far as I know, uh, it's not specifically been something that the Mandalorians have done. I think it's but more it something. Yeah. I think it's more something that the Mandalorian himself does. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not 100, percent but uh, I, I don't think that's something other Mandalorians have done. Like maybe these ones that were that you know we see in the show, uh, maybe that's something they do too, but. As far as I'm aware, I think it's just specifically this guy. And I mean, yeah, Boba Fett did it, but he wasn't technically a Mandalorian. So I don't know if it's like a homage to that or, you know, maybe, maybe it's mind... something that they have done. But as far as I know in canon, I don't, I don't recall that being a thing, but I also haven't read all the books or comics.
0: Can you refresh my memory as to, and obviously I know who Boba Fett is from watching the films and I know... Mm-hmm. That he's Django Fett's son and all that, but why is he not a Mandalorian again? Explain that to me.
1: Because he's a clone. Just because, you know, he wasn't okay. wasn't raised. Um, okay. Like he, but is he's he not... a
0: clone? Is he a cl- he's a clone of a Mandalorian though? Yeah, right?
1: but I mean, I, okay. It's, yeah, it's just kind of on a technicality level, I think. Really, okay. I mean, granted, in the new canon, I mean, there hasn't been too too much about him that's been established. You know, like regarding that. But so I mean they, they could easily come out with a book that kind of establishes him as having become a Mandalorian or something. But yeah, he's not technically one, I guess.
0: Okay. Um, and then and also I wanted I wasn't sure going in I I, for, I knew orig- I knew at one point but I forgot um, this show takes place right after Return of the Jedi. Five years. Five years after Return of the Jedi.
1: Correct. Yep.
0: Okay, that, that's what I thought. I thought it was a few years. Um, <clears throat> so, anyways. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the aesthetic. I'm loving the Mandalorian as a character himself. Um, the the blue guy was annoying. Uh, <laughs> I loved. I loved the. Uh, I loved. The, I mean, even though it's like, I kind of see it as like maybe a little bit fan pandering, but I do. I do actually. I'm, I admittedly love that he is putting them in Carbonite. Like I like that. I don't care if it's appealing to fans or not, but I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. So then uh that the guy he deals like brings the bounties to what's the actor from
1: Carl Weathers he was in uh I want to say which one was it was it Predator or was it Okay well the, the biggest one I know of was the first couple Rocky films he was Apollo Creed Okay So yeah that's okay, Carl Weathers he looks he familiar. Was Apollo Creed he was in I think yeah I think it was Predator the first Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger I think I think it was that one. Someone okay on, on listening to this can always correct me on Twitter, but uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I know it was definitely the Rocky films.
0: Okay, yeah, he, he definitely looked really familiar. Um, I you know like, I I, uh, I liked I liked that scene. I liked the, I mean, see that's like, and this isn't really a criticism. It sounds like criticism, but like as a, I mean, it's a first episode. It's only thirty some minutes, but like the whole episode felt very down the middle to me does that sound make sense to you
1: i'm not sure but go into more detail like tell me more.
0: like the whole, the, the whole episode felt very um very well done but nothing and, but and nothing's going wrong nothing's putting me off but nothing's really exciting me either okay that's how i that's how i personally felt as a I, I mean i'd call myself a star wars fan but like in comparison to josh or many many other people i'm i'm a, I'm more of a, ca- a casual fan, I suppose, um, but yeah, I was like definitely. At no point was I let down. At no point did I have issues. I, I just it was doing. It was checking the boxes for me, um, but nothing was like really pulling me in big time. Um, okay. So, um, I thought. T- t- tell me if I'm wrong, but I thought the scene where he's like trying to ride the beast. I don't know what it's called. The beast.
1: I think it's the, the, the blurg. I think they were called. Blurg. Yeah, yeah.
0: I thought the CGI wasn't very good on those.
1: Yeah, um, you know, th- that was something I felt, too, with that particularly. Like, I thought that was really the only instance where I felt the CGI kind of was a bit underwhelming. I agree. Now, granted, to be fair, you know, this is a TV show. This the first live-action television show that Star Wars has ever had. So, I think, all things considered, that being the weak point visually, I think, was not that big of a deal. The no, thing for me, though, at all. and it, it could be because I'm biased. I, you know, I'm, I think there's definitely going to be points where I feel biased with certain things. But because that felt like it stood out, it reminded me of how Jabba stands out in that restored, deleted scene in A New Hope when Han's yeah, talking I, to him. Slips over his tail. So I got this special edition vibe that made me like instantly nostalgic. So I actually – I get that. I watched it twice. I watched it in the first time in the morning with dad. And then I watched it again after. And the second time I got that feeling and I just, uh, I love it now, but I, I do see what you mean. I, I definitely feel like that, that was a little low mm. on the uh, quality. It's scale. a
0: nitpick. It's a nitpick. Yes. I wouldn't count it against it really. Um, brief, briefly, what'd your dad think of the, did he just like, did he like it?
1: He liked it. Yeah, he definitely did. I, I know dad loves Western. So, uh, and it had that vibe, uh, which I'll get yeah. into more going for it, but he loved it. So,
0: Okay, that's awesome. Um also, since I mean I feel like this is totally wait, do you have something to say? No, no, no. I was just, I was okay. just gonna
1: tell you to keep going. I, um, I want to hear everything. As, you guys a, say.
0: as a little as a little aside, it's I feel like it's still on topic because Disney Plus came out today and Star Wars and everything. Did you hear about the 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 Star Wars four K's that are on Disney Plus?
1: Yes. Yeah, do you want to go into yeah, detail so, about that? Go ahead.
0: Well, I guess well I guess Some people were, I mean, first people were really excited because they're they're presented in 4K, which I didn't know really mattered because I thought I always heard that if, like, something was streaming at 4K, it was really coming across as 1080 because of streaming instead of actual having a disc press. But mainly somebody pointed out on the uh, Resetera thread, the Resetera forum, that they made another edit to the Han shoots first scene. Mm -hmm. And uh,
1: did you know they were going to do that? And, And why do you think they did that? I'm just curious. I didn't know they were going to do that. Uh, but from what I understand, now there's a guy by the name of Pablo Hidalgo who is sort of like head, if I'm not mistaken, he's the head of the Lucasfilm s- story group. Yes. So someone tweeted him about it and I th- I don't think he 100% confirmed it as much as he just he got a he more or less confirmed it but not like necessarily came right out and said yes, but from what I understand is that George prior to okay, see I don't know if you remember, but The Phantom Menace at one point, I think, I want to say it was 2011, uh, released in 3D in theaters. Do you remember that? Yes. It re-released, yeah. So apparently somewhere around that time, he had had those films restored in 4K. However, it just didn't get put out because at the time he was trying to do a lot of that stuff, I guess, to have them out for 3D. So there was a lot of like restoration and some slight changes going on. And okay. since... The rest didn't happen. I guess that just kind of got left. I don't want to say on the cutting room floor, but, you know, just kind of got put off to the side. So from what I remember Pablo saying was that he doesn't necessarily know for sure if that's those versions being used. But he is almost certain they are. That's what they are. So from what I understand, it is 4K and it does have, you know, better color and all that kind of stuff. So I haven't really checked them out myself, so I can't say for sure. But I did see that brief scene with Greedo where you see his mouth move just a little bit. And, yeah, that's different. But uh, I haven't seen anybody else kind of notice anything new, per se.
0: Oh, So, so it's, that's the only change in, 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 in New Hope, and then the other two movies don't have anything changed, huh?
1: Uh, there very well could be. I just haven't seen anybody else talk about those yet.
0: Okay um and i'm guessing for you if if that's a george lucas decision you're okay with it but what if it's not a george lucas decision
1: well i i will say that when you see his mouth move it feels weird like that it doesn't feel like that should be there because it they have the brief interchange and before the gun gets fired you just see this quick shot of his mouth move nothing happens it, so i i think that needs to be edited out just because it okay. looks misplaced personally
0: okay yeah yeah i mean not to sound like that guy, but since I own the despecialized editions, I don't really care either way. <laughs> but uh, so, like, if it was there, it doesn't make or break the movie to me if uh, if it's there or not. But yeah. um, I guess I'd err on the side of less edits. Um, yeah, I mean. But anyways,
1: usually I'm for, you know, stuff being put in. I'm completely open to that. That part just feels misplaced. Like I said, it it just it, it's weird. Like, did you actually see that that brief clip of that?
0: I watched it, yeah.
1: Okay. Did it seem weird just having his mouth move like that for like a split second?
0: Yeah, it seemed weird, but – and like, again, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I I already thought it seemed really weird how quickly Han, you know, tilts his – moves his head out of the way.
1: Yeah, that's – you know, so – You know, that that's fair. I think, I think for Star Wars fans out there, even the most, like, accepting of all the changes that have happened, which I would put myself in the same fold of, definitely doesn't really – Vibe well with Greedo shooting first. I think. I think everyone. I, I really feel like it's it's a collective opinion. You know that Han yeah. shot first, and that that one's like not received well. Yeah,
0: I. Um, dude, it's weird. Like, uh, not not to go off. I mean, this is all on no, topic. No, means go ahead. Topic. Um, it's weird how fandom works because, like, I. You know, if somebody said, Brian, are you a fan of Star Wars? I, I would say, uh, I, you know, I guess, yeah. Um, and, like, I would never compare myself anywhere near to the level of fan that, like, you are. But to most people out there who like who like Star Wars, if they heard that I've watched all the movies dozens of times over, and, like, and I know all the analytics of, like, the edits and, like, all that stuff... It kind of seems like I'm a little bit more of a fanatic than than a mainstream person. But then again, like in comparison to you, or like think like when you talk to me, like you can tell like, oh, Brian's definitely not a Star Wars fan on like the level I am. And it's not about like, you know, you know, it's not about like who's who's a bigger fan, like who's who's better or anything like that. But it's just it's weird how like like I told somebody at work today that I bought my Rise of Skywalker tickets and you know, they're like, Oh, so you're you're a huge huge Star Wars fan. I'm like, Well <laughs> Like, well, well, no, but, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see the movie and I want to make sure I see it right away. So,
1: yeah, I don't know. That's no, just kind of weird. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't think just because, you know, I am more like, I guess, into Star Wars than you are. I don't think that makes me a bigger fan. Just like, you know, you with Halo and stuff like that, even though I would say the same thing. Like, I definitely you're the bigger Halo fan night and day. And I'm the bigger Halo or Star Wars fan, night and day. Like I, I, I get I what you're saying. yeah.
0: Because like I, like I, I think anybody who just you know walks into a game store and grabs a, a Halo game off the shelf, pops it in and plays it and loves it, you know, it becomes a Halo fan. I, I think they're as equal to me as I think they're completely equal to me. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like I, uh, like like I may objectively know more about the series but i I don't like the term like I, I don't mind using the term bigger fan when it's like I'm talking about you Josh and like oh yeah, you're a bigger Star Wars fan like that's me oh, saying thanks yeah that me that's me <laughs> saying like you are someone who cares about this thing more mm-hmm. what I don't like is like if somebody's like I'm the bigger fan as in like I therefore my opinion counts for more therefore I am more important in regards to the series like i don't I don't buy that like if somebody picks up Halo 5. The only Halo they've ever played, they love it. They become a fan. They got equal footing with me, in my book. You know,
1: I, I agree completely. And in addition to that, I think it's the kind of thing where just because someone, let, let's say, let's say someone likes only the original Star Wars films, they don't like the rest of them. Now, I don't think at all that that makes them any less of a Star Wars fan because they don't enjoy as much content. You know, I think there are, you know, the term diehard gets thrown around a lot. And I do think that's applicable because, you know, there are people out there who are going to read every Star Wars book and comic and game, consume every bit of information, just like with Halo. Whereas there's some who might only play the games or watch the movies and that kind of thing. But I don't think um, for people out there who, who, like you said, Halo 5, I don't think that necessarily makes them any less of a Halo fan, even though. I think we're all guilty of intrinsically sort of, like, in our brains just feeling like more of a fan. Like, we have that um, uh, elitist attitude sometimes, but it's, it's just a mental thing, and we're always... A lot of us are able to shake it off. I think a lot of people out there aren't, but uh, I know you and I are super laid back with that stuff. If anything, like, and that's the thing, too, like, when it comes to... If, if someone told you Halo 5 was their favorite game, you're not going to be like, oh, what? If anything, you're going to be like, okay... I need to sit down and talk to you and hear why it's your favorite game. Like, it just makes you more, you know, It's interesting. Interested. Like, for those yeah. who haven't checked out um, uh, Brian's tweets of Erica plays Halo, his wife is playing Halo for the very first time through. And on the second level, Halo, uh, she wasn't, wasn't a fan of it, which you can say more of uh, if you want to. But, yeah, and, and that's the kind of thing where, like, if she ends up, you know, by the end of it, really enjoying the game or at least enjoys it to some fraction where she's like, Okay, I like this, I wanna play the next one. I would not think that makes her any less of a fan, you know? Even though yeah. she's going against the grain of, of popular opinion with it when it comes to that stuff. Would you agree? Yeah,
0: I told her, I'm like I'm like, babe, you can't just say you don't love the level Halo. That's heresy. <laughs> like you know, like who who doesn't who does who plays who says that level's bad? Like or she doesn't think it's bad, she just like you know, for her driving the warthog isn't fun, and for one, she doesn't like driving in games. Period. Like even in like she's a big Final Fantasy fan, and even in that, she has the AI drive the car in Final Fantasy 15 because she just doesn't like driving. But to top it off, Halo One's driving, you know, objectively is pretty horrible. Pretty horrible mechanics. Um, Even though I love it, you know, it's not done very well.
1: Yeah, I feel the um, same way. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it on the main show. I think in more detail at some point, but. Yeah, you know, it's I know what like, I'm used to. I'm, I'm definitely used to the mechanics of that. But it, when I look me at it too, from me uh, too. perspective of someone who's new to it, I can definitely see how that is that takes some getting used to for sure.
0: Yeah, but so, anyways, I'll bring it all. I know I'm the one to go off topic. I'll bring it all the way back to Mandalorian. Bring so. it
1: around town. Yeah, yeah bring it around, around bring it, town. So uh, something I want to ask you about, uh, and we're I'm, I'm going to get into more detail about this too. But I got to pick your brain on the ending.
0: Okay. Well, I thought you wanted me to work up to the ending. Do you want me? To oh, just go you right can. To it?
1: No, no, no. You can. By all means, if you're okay. going in order, please. Yeah, keep going. Don't
0: I'm being. Me. I mean, to be real with you, like the main. The, immediately when we got on this, I wanted to do was ask about the ending. But okay. I, I'm I'm getting there, and it's not going to take okay. me long to get there because no, no, no. Take your out. time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So last thing I talked about was like you know the CGI of the 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 blarg or whatever the one beast blurred, yeah, um, blurred
1: Carl Weathers.
0: Yeah. Um. So. I I actually I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed the bounty robot that he was with the bounty droid. Yep. Yeah. Like I actually I here's the thing, and I like I don't think that I'm like right and others are wrong. I don't think that people are weird or anything, but like people really really fell for K2SO, and I don't get me wrong, I like K2SO, but for me he was like oh yeah he's fine. Like I, he didn't blow my mind, he didn't blow me away, he didn't become a favorite for me. I just thought he was all right, and I liked him mm-hmm. enough. Um, but I think I, like, I, I kind of liked uh, this bounty droid more than K2SO. I know that's kind of a hot take, but uh, I just enjoyed it. No, I don't it. think I, so. But tell me why. I enjoyed him. Um, I just, he, he, felt, um, like he felt authentically different than the droids we usually see. He didn't feel like a droid that was marginally changed so that we had a new droid. He felt like, a, honestly, like a new concept. Does that make sense?
1: absolutely i can
0: see that um like uh like for instance like bb-8 love bb-8 amazing character but for me it was like another play on r2d2 you know a different version yeah of fair him. enough i can see that where whereas whereas this uh bounty droid i don't know if the bounty droid had a name but he felt very new and original um, i lo- I, lo- I loved ig11 okay yes i yep. love i love how he moved i loved his movements very cool <laughs> yeah um why what why, why does that make you laugh <laughs>
1: No, only because for the kid in me, it's very, it was very cool. Like, it just made me happy seeing that, like, when you see that scene in Empire Strikes Back and you, you where there's there's all the bounty hunters, you know, that immediately raises so many questions when you're watching it for the first time, you know, and you're wondering, like, who are all these people? And you come to know Boba Fett a little bit, but compared to the others, like, you... Well, you don't know next to, no- you know, next to nothing about the other ones. And you really have to kind of go outside of the films to really find out more about yeah. them. IG-88 was the character in that uh, film that we see briefly. So we did see an IG model in that. And it was just. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was very. I
0: didn't even realize
1: that. Hmm. Yeah, so It was very, I, I-, I chuckled because it's very, uh, I guess it warms my heart to be able to see one finally move on screen in live action. It was just, that was so cool.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I liked I liked the little banter between them, um, between. Yeah, you said this the, one's called I, this one's called IG Eleven.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. The whole like it,
1: activating self destruct and then he stopped it and then he would keep going back and forth with that. I liked that.
0: Yeah, I liked that. I, I feel and I'm just talking about this. I'm thinking like I'm definitely gonna like, and I, I liked the episode the first time. I was just kind of shocked by how quickly it went by and ended. Obviously, it's just the first episode, but I think when I rewatch it one more time, I'm gonna like it even more um Mm -hmm. but um yeah so i like that Uh, so basically i have nothing but good things to say about it um so then we we get to the ending part and okay here's i guess here's my questions and thoughts josh so like i didn't expect that ending of of what happened and then i'm also not sure what it's trying to insinuate and what this means going forward so he finds a correct me if i'm wrong a a baby of yoda's race correct oh yeah yeah okay now like is this means is this supposed to mean something i don't know or is it just is what it is like i'm
1: i think it for now at least it is what it is i think everyone is in the same place of wondering and and you know what actually to go one further i think this is the whole this might have been a bit of the reasoning behind them we uh releasing it weekly. Now, granted, I think on the Disney side, it was so they would be able to maintain subscribers rather than for the people who just want to watch Mandalorian, watch it, consume it, cancel their subscription and move on with their life. So they can release it weekly, keep people subscription for a little bit longer. However, on the show side, um, this is fueling a ton of speculation I'm seeing. And uh, I know for me, it's definitely playing into my obsessive um, compulsive, mental, speculative habits, whatever you want to call them. Like it's, it's fueling that like crazy where I'm just like, what does this mean? And what's coming next? And I think it's making it far more enjoyable, um, to be able to, to see this on a sort of weekly basis than, um, just binging it. So actually I was going to ask you about that before we kind of go back to little baby Yoda. Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about this releasing weekly?
0: Oh, releasing weekly. Uh, yeah. I I think, I mean, like, how do I how do I articulate this? You know, there's the one part of your brain that just wants to watch all of it, marathon it at once. I mean, so on one hand, if they had put the whole season up, like we wouldn't be talking right now; we'd be watching it still. Mm-hmm. Um, but and <laughs> I would and I I would choose I would choose I would actively choose to do that. Like if Disney if Disney sent me an email right now and they're like. Press accept to watch the rest of the season. I'd go okay, Josh. Let's I'm gonna let's let's go watch it. Yeah. Um, so like <laughs> I want I want to I want to, but I think I think they made the right move by doing it weekly. I think this is going to be I think this is actually bringing. I'm gonna make a big big prediction here that could completely be wrong. It has nothing to do with the lore of of the Mandalorian or anything. But okay, if, if Disney takes this route of doing like they have tons of shows and they're do these weekly episodes and everything. I think that could be a really, really smart play for their service because um, what we're losing with the like Netflix style of dumping everything is the the water cooler moments that come from watching TV shows that release weekly where like, like right now where people can, there's this conversation that gets fostered like the week leading up to the next episode about, you know, who's, who's the baby Yoda, you know, what's, what's the, what, where's this going to go? Like, it makes for these great water cooler moments. It connects the fan base. It, it gives us something to look forward to. And I think there's just a a lot of good that can come from that. And I think it can make, like, obviously Disney Plus is already going to be an enticing platform just from the the content they have there. But if they get to this point, you know, a year, two, three, four, whatever years down the road where they have shows like original shows coming out as actively as Netflix does. And we have like a bunch of these water cooler type moments. Like that's going to be, insane and awesome and it also might be quite original because everyone's moving towards the the dumping like just dumping content like netflix is Mm -hmm. um and if disney makes that like a big thing again then people might start going back to it i mean you just look at like look at game of thrones like i kind of i kind of felt game of thrones was like kind of an end of a tv era because game of thrones was still kind of doing what law like i think lost was kind of the first show to give us those big water cooler moments of like everyone's talking about it, wondering what's gonna happen and waiting for the new episode. Yeah, and, like
1: Lost it, definitely f- f- fueled like message boards speculation. Yeah. Like it really really it really took off with Lost. Continue. And I
0: feel like I feel like Game of Thrones was the same way. Um and now Game of Thrones is over and pretty much all the big shows right now are are things you can just kind of you know, just kind of watch it all at once. So uh, yeah. I think it's a good. Yeah, I mean that was a long answer, but I think that's uh No, you're good. Um I think it's a good thing. Um But yeah, so like as far as the ending of that episode goes, I mean, I can't say anything negative about it, and I guess the one positive thing I can say about it is that now it has me wondering, you know. Yeah, it has me wondering. Absolutely. I I I, did, I don't like I did not see this show like I envisioned the show, I didn't envision like the first episode ending with him Killing a bounty hunter and to 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 keep a baby Yoda alive, and I I only reason I'm saying baby, like yeah, I I didn't see it go in that direction. What is Yoda's race called? Do you know?
1: We don't. That's why I think this is so cool because it is the biggest gray area in all of Star Wars. They've never, in the old canon or the new, it's never been established what his species was called or what home world. Why is that? I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a, a, a reason, maybe, from George's perspective. If I had to guess, it's probably just because it was something that had been unestablished for so long that they probably just decided to roll with it. I don't think there was necessarily an agenda that George had with it, something that he was going to build up to.
0: Wasn't there, uh, wasn't there another of Yoda's race in Phantom Menace?
1: Yes. Uh, it was a female named Yaddle on the Jedi Council, you can see briefly in the background.
0: See, no, now tell me if this is a stupid idea, but, like, it kind of sucks that, that she exists because I'm, like, wouldn't it be this whole, like, cool thing of, like, only one of them can exist at a time? And, like, <laughs> when Yoda, like, when Yoda died, like, this is the next one in the Mandalorian or something? I don't know. I like I that seemed, seemed
1: well, kind of okay. That would be interesting, except there's one thing here that uh, needs to be said about that. I don't know if you caught it but um the imperial his name was i think in the credits he's referred to as the client who gave him the uh the bounty for that who gave him the job yeah um he mentions that the bounty has been in effect for 50 years so that means that baby is 50 years old
0: yeah it says that that the bounty hunters say that to each other yeah yeah you remember that yeah yes
1: yeah that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. so like it, it's mentioned that yeah, or, or maybe maybe it wasn't the client who mentioned it, but I do remember. Uh, yeah, that being said, and uh, it's pretty interesting when you think about that too, because we again we've never really gotten a peek at anything like this. So yeah, I mean, to answer what you were saying, like I think it it could be interesting if only one was allowed to be alive at a time, just in terms of how it works with their race or something. But uh, it sounds like he's definitely been around while Yoda was around.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. That does kind of break that, doesn't it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that's very like so correct me if I'm I'm wrong here, but like so you're making it sound like are you are you making it sound like every bounty hunter over the last 50 years has been has been unwilling to kill it or unable? Which one?
1: Like unwilling? I don't know. That's what I'm kind of interested to see more in the second episode if we get some more info on that because it doesn't it, the impression I get is that some people know about this and have tried the ones that know try because it sounds like it's a big deal, but I don't get the impression that necessarily everybody in the galaxy knows about this bounty.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, cause like real, I mean, if you look at that episode in the grand scheme of things, it was relatively easy for two bounty hunters to get to the baby, you know, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so it makes me think that like prior bounty hunters have gotten to the baby before, but they're well, I don't know. I do mean,
1: it. it depends on how you look at it really, because he went in there not expecting to have a partner. And we don't really know if the people who came before had partners, if they ran in groups or what. Um, and he just kind of, by chance stumbled upon that droid who was there, who also by chance agreed to split the profits Um, and they were pinned down at one point and it looked like things were Mm -hmm. taking a turn for the worse. So, I mean, when you think about it in the context of that, like it actually, I think everything just happened to work in their benefit and it's, you know, just how it's storytelling, like it's how it's meant to be. Um, but I think from a character perspective, I think it was definitely a, a very tough situation, but you never know too. There might be more people there we might see in the next episode. Who knows?
0: Hmm. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's got me wanting to see. So you said Friday is the next episode, huh? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely be watching that. Um, this is kind of a. Well, I'm just curious, Josh, with uh, with since you're a big Star Wars fan, with Mandalorian being on Disney Plus, if they release it physically, is it something you're going to want to buy or no?
1: Yes. Yeah, I want to okay. because uh, you know. For those that don't know, I'm, I'm I tend to prefer digital stuff nowadays. I used to like physical, but like video games started to kind of release this gen without manuals, and I've always been kind of a sucker for that stuff. Because um, as a kid, I used to, I mean, I, Brian's the same way. But when you got a game and you're going home, you got I mean, some of you guys know what it's like when you're sitting there flipping through the manual and you're just reading it, trying to imagine what the game looks like while you're waiting to get home and actually boot it up. So um, that kind of pushed me to a more digital slash service type um, preference when it comes to media and stuff like that but there are exceptions and one of them is definitely being Star Wars so yeah i would i would love to own it you know in 4k and all that even though i could stream it super easily it's just me too yeah i mean i you know, it doesn't I... it doesn't at this point in some ways with most things i think there are exceptions but i think with most things nowadays there's not really uh, uh would say necessitation for it like i don't think it's necessary to really own these things it's just it's more so come down to preference now
0: yeah yeah i agree i mean i just i own all the star wars films so i kind of want to you know
1: own it but uh, do you own the clone wars no uh that was a thing that i always kind of stopped me uh, that i was always kind of frustrated with because they had the movie released that you know it released first And then the show came after. Well, then they never had a bundle of all of it together. And the movie eventually went out of print. So you'd have to go to eBay or Amazon and pay like a lot of money to be able to get your hands on it. And for me Mm. being a completionist, just having the six seasons wasn't enough. I needed the movie, too, because chronologically, I think it takes place two episodes into the actual show. So, no, I never did, but I wanted to because I think out of all the cartoons that I've been there i think uh clone wars is above and beyond the the best one personally
0: yeah um you know this is like this is off it's still on topic for star wars but dude i've been thinking like like i think i can't i can't even hardly i can't even admit it now like i can't allow myself to admit it so i'm gonna i'm gonna preface by saying i'm not 100 percent sure this is true but like for years now, I've really felt like deep down my favorite Star Wars is Force awakens oh that's awesome dude like it's the one that I like am the most like it's the one I want to rewatch the most it's the one that gives me the fondest memories it's i I just enjoy the heck out of it every time I watch it. I love the whole movie from beginning to end and like on my re- like on my like ranking the movies, I always put it third behind. Empire Strikes Back and and the first Star Wars.
1: Let me let me um, stop you there real quick. Let, let me ask you, does any of this have to do with like that you feel you're supposed to put Empire first or is it just that Force Awakens is still new and fresh and you're still kind of mentally uh assessing that?
0: Um well, okay, let me let me say honestly, okay, that the on- the the only movie well, how do I put this? I love Empire Strikes Back and the original Star Wars, and I like Empire Strikes Back. See, I honestly, dude, I just those three movies are just hard for me to choose. Empire Strikes Back, the original Star Wars, and Force Awakens. I love them all so much. Those three, and I just kind of they keep getting like mixed around for me in my rankings. Mm -hmm. And on on one hand, like I don't care what other people think. I really don't. But like on one hand, it's like to put the movie that was essentially a, a, a soft remake of a new hope as the number one, that seems kind of crazy, but I don't actually really bah. care what people think yeah. at the same time. Um, so, but whenever I think of like star Wars and I think of watching star Wars, I always want to go right to force awakens. Like I make myself not go to force awakens because I want to like, I'm like, Oh no, I need to watch them all in order. So I make myself watch other ones first. But like every time, I just want to watch Force Awakens. Like it's, and to me, it's like even even if it came down to it, and my favorite Star Wars was Empire, the one that is just the most fun to sit down and watch and be entertained by is Force Awakens for me. You know, like I just love that movie. It's just from the opening shot to the end, I love everything about the Force Awakens. It's such a good, it's such a well-made movie, Josh. It's amazing. Hey Um, man, I love it. I feel like I feel like it's kind of. Tell me if this is like a good comparison, but I feel like it's kind of like with you, where like you were a Star Wars fan before Revenge of the Sith, and you knew, even as a younger person, you kind of knew like, okay, like the original Star Wars movies are the real high tier, you know, Star Wars movies, but like you saw Revenge of the Sith, and whether you admitted it right off the bat or not, in your brain, you kind of knew Revenge of the Sith was your favorite Star Wars, but you knew it was like quote unquote wrong to think that. You know what I mean?
1: I didn't personally go through that, but that's also because I've been so ingrained in Star Wars. So like, you know, from uh, an outside perspective looking in, yeah, I could see how, how I think majority of people thought that, like, I, I don't remember personally ever watching the prequels and thinking, um, yeah, the originals are superior or, you know, one's inferior or anything. I didn't really compare them. I just was real focused on consuming the story and how we got to a new hope basically. But, uh, i know that return of the jedi is my second favorite and it wasn't my favorite until i saw revenge of the sith and i fell in love with that right away so
0: yeah yeah but i mean i guess even if you did go through that you know that the consensus is like on the internet or whatever or among star wars purists like to say revenge of the sith is your favorite is like people will laugh at you you know or yeah something.
1: you know but. what it's a weird dichotomy right now because like I see more and more nowadays that people talk about how much they love the prequels. And I think what it I is, agree. is I, see that. I, I do. I think it's more young people finally coming of age using social media. And there's people out there who are like, I love Jar Jar. Now, for the record, I freaking love Jar Jar. I understand why people don't. But for those listening, I love that dude. When I first went to, I think I want to say it was a Hardee's, but I can't remember for sure. But we went to some fast food joint when I was a kid. And right when they were doing the promotions for Phantom Menace and the first toy I got in a kid's meal that was Star Wars related was Jar Jar. And I was just instantly like, who is this guy? You know, so. But yeah, I mean, I see more people love that stuff now. And I see I actually see it very commonly in the in the Star Wars fandom that Revenge of the Sith is uh, up there at the top, if not one of the top ones. Like, I, I do think collectively, like, Empire tends to take the cake for everybody. But, uh, like, one of my other friends, his favorite is also Revenge. So, uh, hmm. I'm seeing it more and more, at least. But but you're right, no. though. I mean, for the longest time, at least, it was definitely, like, people would think it was ridiculous. Like, you're putting a prequel film above the originals, but also that at the top, you know? So, yeah. But
0: continue. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, as far as, like, Jar Jar goes, like, I've never... I've never been able to properly convey my opinion of Jar Jar. So I just went in the Jar Jar sucks camp. Um, But the the truth, like the truth for me is like, I, so basically every time Jar Jar's on screen, he's, he's kind of annoying, (laughs) but like, I mean, like that's, that's not a, that's not a new opinion. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, but like, I've always, I've always, like, if I'm honest, I've never really had a problem with Jar Jar. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, bottom line, at no point in my life have I actually had any problem with Jar Jar. I just recognized that he was annoying, and since everyone else hated him, I'm just like, yeah, he
1: sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's hard to, to like. It's a warranted. Away it's, it's a warranted kind of mentality because you see a lot of. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I was gonna, I was gonna say too. He is he is definitely annoying at times. I feel like that's not really uh, something that needs to be debated, but I also think he's, he's funny kids like him. you know, it's like that scene in back to the future when Marty's like, what is it? uh, What is it? You guys don't appreciate that, but your kids will, or something like that. I mean, it's one of those things where like, I think younger generations who watch that, uh, not knowing the context that, Oh, people hate this or the originals came first. And that's why, you know, there's some stuff to do with that as to why people don't like Jar Jar and stuff. I think them just watching it on their own are going to laugh and find him comical. Yeah, so, it might even be bummed that he's his roles, you know, reduced in the the two films that come after. But uh, getting back on topic, uh, back on the Mandalorian specifically, uh, is there anything else? You know, you have some thoughts on? I, I definitely got uh, some notes. I definitely wanted to go through and talk about. But okay, I, no, I, I was kind
0: of I was kind of just starting to branch out into general Star Warsness, so. Uh, let's if we're going to bring it back, let's go with what you have to say because I think I'm pretty much done with what I have to say for Mandalorian, personally.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, so first off, I freaking loved it. I'm going to have a, I'm going to make a bold take here, and I'm going to say I think this is the best thing Disney has done with Star Wars. Uh, I know that's, I, I, I see some people that kind of feel similar. I know some people are kind of like, eh, I'm not sure yet, but Here's the thing. When I look at Force Awakens and Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, now I do like these films. um, But however, I see those as sort of borrowing elements from the original trilogies. Okay. And then I see, look, I look at Rogue One and I see, okay, this is a prequel. This is a film that uh, enhances uh, A New Hope. And I love Rogue One. Again, I love all these films. And then I look at Solo and I think, okay, this is a film that shows us uh, the younger days of Han Solo's life. So each one of these have kind of like sort of uh, in some way attributed to something to do with the originals. Whereas I look at this and even though setting wise, yes, it's five years after Return of the Jedi. That's where it stops. This is like this feels like the most original product we've gotten um, in terms of live action. Uh, And I guess I would say in general, too, so far. Uh, So for that, uh, I really was able to fall in love with it even more um but the first things particularly is the score i think this is um the most whether people like it or not um i think it's going to be considered at least for now going off this one episode i think it's going to be considered the most unique score um, because the other ones like you look at uh rogue one and solo who have different composers uh, they still kind of have a Star Wars sound to it that we're familiar with. This one felt completely different. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I would say it felt different, and I definitely I want to say too. Um, I think you're right. You make a very good point that like this is the most original thing that Disney's put out. It's not based on, you know, it's not it's not either a prequel thing like Rogue One or like a telling of so of like Han Solo when he was younger. And it's you know the 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 new sequel trilogy is very much like trying to adhere to the original trilogy and kind of cap off the Skywalker saga. So it's definitely the most original thing. Um, personally, as you know, for me going off of one thirty-six 36 minute episode, all I can say is I can see, I could see this being the best thing Disney puts out ever star Wars related. Like I could see this being their, their mm-hmm. number one thing, just like you are saying. Um, yeah. But Based off of the one thirty-six minute episode I've seen, I, I, I'm nowhere near able to make that call yet. And I'm not saying that you, you're unqualified to make that call. I'm just saying, saying for me personally, um, I need to definitely see, at the very least, a whole season. Um, no, not yeah, that's
1: a, fair, that's a fair thing to say. Because, I mean, I'm definitely going off just one episode, you know, under an hour's worth of live-action Star Wars content. And I'm saying this is better than what the past – Four or five years of content, more or less. So, but I could see yeah. you being right. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I I just have a very good feeling about this. It felt so original, authentic. And, and that makes me more. Yes, thank you. It, it makes it makes it uh, it makes me so much more excited to see what Disney's going to do because I feel like, as much as I love the 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 sequel trilogy, as good as I'm uh, as excited as I am for Rise of Skywalker, as much as I know I'll love it. I feel like when Disney got the license it was definitely something that was that they wanted to do too because it's sort of a comfort level like Disney probably knew okay we want to do all of this different stuff with Star Wars not just you know three more movies but let's do these movies as a way to kind of learn as we go but also definitely. to give people familiar territory and I'm I feel like I I mean it might not not might not be the case but if this is a a sign of what's to come, I could not be more excited. Now, granted, we are getting a Cassian Andor series. The guy from Rogue One is going to have K2SO in it. We are getting a Kenobi series. There is reportedly more Disney Plus Star Wars shows in development. Um, I've heard rumors about uh, a spinoff of Solo happening, you know, but, you know, I don't know. So, I mean, some of that, again, that that stuff still kind of borrows from other stuff. However, it just, this feels like the most, in some ways, it feels like the biggest gamble. I mean, it, it, I think that's fair to say, right? Because it's it's a television show for one. It's live action. They're not they're not putting this somewhere on the screen where it's in some ways as accessible to people who might not be Star Wars fans as it would be, you know, people just watching Disney Plus. I mean, it, there's definitely an argument I think to be made there as to what's more accessible. However, again, it's a live action show. Um, it's a show, not a film, and it's under an hour, and they're releasing it weekly. So,
0: um, yeah. No, I I would agree with that. Um, I'm actually, personally, I'm more surprised that people would be interested in a Cassian Andor series because I, not that I have a problem with that character, but for me, Cassie and Andor would be like if they made a video game based off of a meal from Halo Reach. <laughs> like, that's what that would be. To I, me. You know what I, I think K2. it is.
1: Now I liked him and I like K Two S O, but I do know that, you know, I think uh character development i guess was uh, was a weak point although i don't necessarily consider it that for rogue one but people didn't have a lot of time to get attached to the characters a lot of people don't remember the names of the characters in there for that particular reason however i love that film because of it because i feel like that's the whole point is they're all supposed to die it's all supposed to be about how we get to a new hope but um i did like cassian and i think he was great for the I mean, representation I like him too. Yeah, I think he was great for representation. And I also just kind of liked his character because he really represented like this morally gray area of the rebellion that we never really got to see prior on screen. You know, you really through him, I felt like we got to see like the rebellion's not just goody two shoes like they've done things. They're more, you know, in some in some ways, you know, some people would maybe view him as vigilantes and stuff like that. So I really liked kind of what he embodied, you know, just a, a fresh perspective on that. Um, but I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't, I, I am a little, when I heard that got announced, like I was a little surprised that that was the choice, but you know, I mean, it, I think it could be cool. We're probably going to see some like spy stuff, some, uh, Noir stuff and, you know, vigilante stuff. So I think it could be cool, but, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on, uh, did you notice they mentioned Beskar steel? Like there was a point in the very beginning when he's in that bar and they kind of like yep. touches your know, armor. And then there's the, the female Mandalorian, which I'm going to get to. Uh, sort of melting that. Um, I just want to say for those that don't know, I took this from Wikipedia, um, that Beskar was one of the toughest and most legendary metals in the galaxy. The alloy could withstand direct blaster fire. Beskar could also withstand the slash and glancing blow of a lightsaber, and it could be reforged to any warrior's liking. So... It's pretty telling. Oh. Like, I don't think that necessarily implies that we're going to see a Jedi or something like that, but obviously, it kind of gives way to why this is like a big deal, why it's sort of acknowledged, and why he's melting that down and you know putting that on his shoulder. Because um, uh, one of the things I originally heard going into the show is that he's going to be upgrading his armor as the show goes along, so which I think is going to likely play into the Mandalorians and then the sort of case system this group may have. I can't tell if that's a thing or not, but um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah dude i have to ask you what did you think about that guy getting cut in half with that door at the beginning what did you think of that
0: i thought it was cool i thought it was yeah. uh a very good intro for the for for the mandalorian as a character i i loved it
1: so much for dism no dismemberments right like i remember that was a thing they were just like yeah that's we're not really gonna do that um, yeah and i mean granted you don't see it but it's obviously implied i was just like oh, my God. I, I, it was awesome Yeah, I liked it. um, Another thing, yeah, that blue alien, like that, was played by, um, I think Saturday Night Live alum Horatio Sands, which I didn't realize that at first until I looked at the credits. But uh, yeah, he was he was definitely annoying, but man, was that cool when he is in the ship and he tries, you know, he goes down, he's pretending he's got to pee, and uh, he goes by that carbon eye, notices it, and then the Mandalorian's just right there and just freezes him in, and I was like. It was just so cool the way it happened and stuff and uh too, he mentioned Life day which if i'm not mistaken uh originated from the star wars holiday special with the wookies so uh i think that's the first time this has ever been mentioned visually in canon uh outside of maybe it could have been mentioned in like one of the cartoon shows it could have been mentioned the, i know it was mentioned in the books and stuff and comics but i mean just to see that on screen Um, live action I think was just kind of cool so kind of little little things it it was one of the things I love is when Disney got the the brand you know Star Wars like they reset so much stuff but then little by little I start to see them sprinkle stuff in like characters like Grand Admiral Thrawn and whatnot and little bits that were super popular back then or maybe not popular but renowned Uh, Mm -hmm. they get kind of thrown back in so I've really really uh, liked that but The other thing, too, I thought was a huge plus of this show was how many familiar races I feel like we were shown in the background. That's one thing I feel like is a bit of a flaw with the sequel trilogy is you don't... Like, in this show, for example, you see um, a lot of Rodians. You see some Nicktoes. You see uh, several other races that you might have seen in the Cantina, you know, in A New Hope or just kind of elsewhere throughout the first six films. And you really... I mean, I, I'm not asking you to quiz you personally, Brian, but do you even recall ever seeing, like, a Greedo, you know, a Rodian? Do you ever recall seeing one in Force Awakens or Last Jedi?
0: Um, no, I don't. I mean, the only the only time I can recall there being a lot of different alien races was the Cantina remake scene from Force Awakens. Yeah,
1: which was cool, which is real cool. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, now, granted, uh, I think Rogue One did a little bit of it and Solo did it more where they did start to, I think, include some of those, but... Um, When I watch Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I like that they have all these new alien races, but it does does bug me just a little bit because it makes it feel like the parts of the galaxy that we see in those films are so far removed from... Uh, everything else and everything else seems so connected just over the span of six films and also like the Clone Wars yeah. and every every bit of content. So it just feels a bit different. Like I, I do love those films and what they bring to the table. It's just um, it's nice to see that in the show. It was nice to to see that kind of more and more. Um, but yeah, so Carl Weathers plays grief cargo. We kind of get to him um, as the Mandalorian kind of comes back with uh, the bounty of that, that blue dude. And again, I was actually I, I haven't seen anyone say yet, but I'm not sure what his species is. And I cannot think of it. I I feel like a part of me knows it off the top of my head, but I cannot think of it. So if someone knows, definitely tweet at me. Um, But yeah, so at one point, um, like I said, Carl Weathers, who plays Greek Karga, when he's talking to the Mandalorian, he mentions a couple bounties. And at one point he mentions a wanted smuggler. And I couldn't help but instantly think of a particular one we know, Han Solo. So I, I don't know if that's what that was, but I couldn't help but feel like that was a nod to him. Did you catch mm. that?
0: I didn't catch that. Okay. And it's fu- it, it's funny you say you mentioned that because I was actually going to ask you, um, is it possible for Boba Fett to be in this series? Yes. I thought it's so. Not- I bet he'll show up at some point.
1: See, I don't know because one of the books, there's a there's a book that came out, um, and it, it seemed, and I haven't read it, but I kind of looked up, the hot take of it online way back, and it, it seemed to imply that his armor was found, meaning that he's either dead or he's missing. You know, he's just butt-booty naked no. out there running around. So,
0: man, well, there's one image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, so, I don't really know for sure. I think it's that's still kind of something, like they could maybe do something with. I think they haven't, uh, cause there was, there was supposed to be, I think it was legit that Josh Trank who directed fantastic four was originally helming a Boba Fett film and it just didn't work out. So, uh, so, I mean, it could definitely, it could definitely be a thing that he shows up. I mean, I don't know. I would, I think I would like that to happen, but at the same time, I would like this to be its its own thing. Like, I wouldn't mind if Boba Fett shows up so long as he doesn't overtake the show. The problem with that is, I think, when you have someone like Boba Fett, who is super popular to a lot of people, and for good reason. I mean, he's cool. Um, I think he would really overtake, you know, he would steal the show. And I I really think that might take away from that. However, this episode, uh, I just loved every bit of it. So, I mean, I, I I trust them, you know, to know what they're doing with it. I mean, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean would you like that personally if they did that?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm usually in the camp of let this thing be its own thing and don't shoehorn Boba Fett into it, but in my opinion, Boba Fett's popularity far exceeds what he's earned as a character. So I, I think agree. it would be I think it would be good to give him some like if you introduce him in some shocking or really cool way or incorporate him into the show in some way that helps him to earn the status that he doesn't rightfully have.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There is a book that's uh, called from a certain point of view and it goes over all these different perspectives of people before, during and a little bit after the events of a new hope. And I will say, Brian, it'll, it enhances that film even more like rogue one does it in one way. This book does it in another. And it's, it's awesome. And it's kind of like some of it's a left up through interpretation regarding Canon, but I mean, it is still a Canon book technically. So um, it has one particular chapter on Boba Fett and it just goes into what he's doing, why he's there in the background with Jabba, when Han's talking to him and stuff like that. And man, you know, I got to say like, I did not personally like how he came off. He came off as super cocky and this hot shot and with an ego. And uh, yeah, that was just something I wasn't, I wasn't particularly fond of. Like finally, look, we finally get a peek behind this guy and he's just, this egotistical dude who's just... He walks in and, you know, uh, he just expects people to look at him and he, he just thinks he's, you know, hot shit now, more or less, so...
0: Let me let me say something completely asinine. Okay. Let's hear it. If Disney wanted to, for a huge twist moment in The Mandalorian, could they reveal that The Mandalorian is actually Boba Fett? Or is that not possible?
1: I don't see why they... We couldn't unless there's something I'm not thinking of. I, That's I what definitely I'm asking don't you. Like, is that is that impression. possible? <laughs> I think I think that I, I don't think that'll be the case, but I think that is a possibility. I think that could be. Okay.
0: Yeah. What if that actually happened in a good way? Well, a twist, no, do you, you know what? Like I, I would
1: say no, just for the simple fact of we have Pedro Pascal's voice, you know, and Boba Fett's already been established as to sound like Tamara Morrison, and I just think
0: I feel like they just gloss over that detail, though. I mean, they because they because they, they kind of sound similar. Know.
1: I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I could see that, but I also think that's just because they're behind the helmet, so they're gonna they're gonna sound somewhat similar in some ways. But I, I don't know. You know what? I I would never rule it out, but I don't think it's gonna be the case at least.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying I want it to be. Yeah, no, no, no.
1: That, I mean, if they did it, that could be a crazy twist. And I mean, I'm open to it if that's something they do. But uh, but yeah. So uh, yeah, then we get to um, after he kind of takes that, he gets to. I think his name is Werner Herzog, who plays the client. Um, Now, I thought this part was particularly interesting and particularly telling because we really get to see, you know, this is five years after Return of the Jedi. If you notice, you know, the stormtroopers are dirty, and I just think it's interesting because this client dude, he appears like some guy who would have been a big deal in the Empire. You know, maybe he would have ran a a ship, for all we know. I mean, he he looks like he's of some kind of importance, and he can't even keep his stormtroopers clean. So... You know, it seems like he could have been a rep- reputable guy, you know, but yet he still acts with this sort of, like, flair, and, and he acts kind of deadly and, and confident, and I think that's definitely, it reminds me of the, the sort of, I guess, ego that the Empire had, you know, back in the day and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that was really kind of interesting to get a peek at where they're at, because obviously the Empire is, is you know, still battling the Rebellion, but it's, they're fractured, completely fractured, and and... Uh, We know how it ends because they have the battle over Jakku and, you know, the Rebellion wins and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I thought that was cool. Um, But uh, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was right after that. But something that was interesting was the, uh, you see a quick shot of that salacious crumb. It's a Kowakian monkey lizard is what the race is called. But you see a little salacious crumb type character getting roasted. Like, yeah, I noticed, and then you see it pans down, and for a split second, you see another one in the cage watching it crying. That was so sad. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, it's like the sad. Porgs from Last Jedi. Yeah, it was horrible. Like it was horrifying when you first mm. see that. You're like, "Yeah," because everyone, like everyone's super annoyed by Salacious Crumb in Return of the Jedi. You know, because he has that <laughs> he has that laugh. Yeah. But like, you see that one getting roasted, and then it pans down, and you're like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> like, suddenly care so I just thought that was funny but yes this was our first live action take at Mandalorians which was freaking awesome when he walked into that room and you see in the back like the first shot you see what looks like a Mandalorian at that point I honestly wasn't sure if that was maybe like someone with like a clone trooper helmet or what my first thought was clone trooper but only because I didn't know going into it that this was going to be someone who actually like was part of a clan. Um, or who had anything like my, my preconceived notion going into this uh, because, you know, there were some things I kind of knew some things that didn't my preconceived notion was that this guy wasn't necessarily a Mandalorian, you know, but he was wearing the armor and kind of masquerading as one in some ways. So I don't know if I picked that up from somewhere or if that was just something I arrived at independently, but yeah. So uh, when we saw them, I was just like Ford because I I've always wanted to see more Mandalorian culture um, it's explored so much throughout the Clone Wars, so much uh, in Rebels, which is great. But just seeing that a lot in live action, I thought was just so, so cool. And uh, one of the things I thought was most interesting was when he walks into the room and we see this female Mandalorian armorer, you know, which was just such a cool shot, I thought. You also see above, I think you see the Mandalorian logo, which I, I can't remember. I'm totally blanking on the name right now, but they mention what that. Uh, But anyway, uh, that was cool. And she had these sort of horns on her helmet. Do you remember seeing that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I could be wrong, but in the Clone Wars, Darth Maul kind of ran things for a little bit with the Mandalorians. So I don't know if that's kind of like a Zabrak and, and, uh, and, uh, I don't know, homage or, or something they went with, you know, like Zabrak horns. Or maybe it's just something she has, you know, just to make her look unique or something. I don't know. But I I thought that was kind of interesting and made me think about that. And I saw a couple other people talking about it. So it made me kind of curious. Um, But, yeah. uh, Did you notice, too, Brian, that in the beginning he mentions, like, when they have that speeder come up, it's got the droid in it. He's like, no droid. Yeah. And then later on, he mentions to IG-11, he's like, not bad for a droid or something like that. So... I think, okay, here's the thing. I think he has it out for droids because of his childhood. Because when, she, when we see the Mandalorian woman sort of, like, hammering that steel or whatever she was doing, you know, uh, forging it and stuff, like, you get to see brief flashbacks in what appears to be his childhood. So. Yeah. Now, in one of the, in one of the trailers we saw in the background, for a split second, we didn't see it in this episode as far as I could tell, but in the background of one of those trailers, we see B2 battle droids from the Clone Wars. So it looks like it's from that same scene. So if that's to be believed, I think his whole issue with droids goes all the way back to his childhood because they massacred his family and likely his village. Hmm. So it's pretty interesting. I, I um, think
0: I think the reason he hates droids is because he remembers when... Uh C-3PO helped to get him killed in the Tarlac pit. <laughs> wow!
1: <laughs> wow! He
0: remembers C-3PO. Jesus,
1: he hates droids. Oh my god! Uh. Oh, Boba! Oh, Boba!
0: You're not fooling anybody, Disney. I know that's Boba.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. I thought that was that was pretty interesting. It definitely looks like we're gonna get peeks at. uh know more of his backstory as as the show goes on so that kind of gave us a little tease of it but because he mentions too like i can't remember the wording he used but um the female mentioned uh that it was like the remains of that uh beskar steel was going to go to like basically like i think kids like younger like mandalorian kids or something like that and he mentions that he was one once so maybe it wasn't mandalorian kids particularly but like it was something to do with that so um, yeah, I, I feel like we're definitely going to get more of a peek behind his backstory, not just kind of what current stuff is going on as the story goes forward. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um But it, the, the thing I thought was really cool about his character the most, you know, it's a, such a short amount of time to really get to know this guy right away. But when we're introduced to him, it felt like he was perfect. You know, he walks into that place like he owns it almost in a way like he just he does. He's not at all bothered by these guys you know trying to set him off yeah. you know and then he kills them like it's nothing and he captures that guy then he puts him in carbonite like it's nothing you see how he talks like everything up to that point seems really really uh, like he's a badass but then as the episode goes on we start to get this like peek behind these you know the armor I guess not literally just figuratively like when that blurd comes up and attacks him before he meets Nick Nolte's character, which we're going to get to, uh, when he gets attacked by it, you see this Mandalorian who's not perfect. Like, he's he probably could have died. The, the thing got both of his arms, had him pinned to the ground. Um, and, you know, later on, he gets pinned down. And he probably, it, it seems implied that he likely wouldn't have made it out had he gone in there by himself. So I really I really liked how they started off with this cold, perfect feel. And then it kind of like, as we kind of go throughout more, it's like, he's he's not perfect. So and then you get to see you also get to see, too, in addition to that, like when he he helps the droid up, he helps IG-11 up. He has to if, he, if he's OK, you know, and stuff like that. Like, and also uh, with the little baby Yoda, like he kills a bounty hunter who's part of his same guild. He kills one right next to him just, you know, to save that thing. I mean, you know, maybe it's not just to save it, but it seemed implied that as much. So I, I really liked that we got to see some more peaks as the episode went along. You know, did you kind of feel that way at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I just I, I think it was like the I agree with you that they showed in the beginning he seemed to be kind of flawless in everything he did, and then um, and kind of until that scenario he got with uh, when he got with Ig Eleven at the end, and he wasn't as mm-hmm. as, as apparently as flawless at that point. Um, and then uh, yeah, I think they've done a good job of showing some vulnerability to his character and.
1: That helps to yeah. helps to make him more of yeah, a character. absolutely. What'd you think of Nick Nolte uh, as that Ugnaut? I think his name's Coo I am not sure yet, but but what'd you think of that? Who's that? Which one's that? That was the the little Ugnaut who saved him when he was getting attacked by those blurgs. He was that little short guy and he keeps oh, saying yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. he kept saying, I have spoken. <laughs> Which I, yeah. I love that. Yeah, what'd you think of him? Um I, Any opinion, or you're just like, eh. the only
0: opinion I had of him was I, I thought to myself, I'm like, it looks like there's like something robotic built into your face suit to make your head move that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of noticed that too, but I liked that you're going practical with it at least. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of got that vibe too. It just, hey. I was crazy. I was like, that's when you, you can see it in the face that it's Nick Nolte, but then you hear him speak and you're like, yeah, that's Nick that's like Nolte. Yeah, so. uh, I thought <laughs> like it was, it was cool. I thought it and was, a... was kind of cool. Like, oh, no, ahead. no, you go, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say, I thought it was neat that he seemed like a very helpful character. I mean, we don't quite know his motivations yet, but like uh, he mentions how he helped other people too prior to the Mandalorian coming, and when the Mandalorian offers him some credits and says, "You know, you deserve this" and stuff like that, he's like he just dismisses it and moves on talking. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool character wise. Uh, but what were you gonna say, man?
0: No, I was just gonna say overall, I just thought it was a very solid introductory episode and. Um, it had the proper flow and and all I needed to set up for the next one so um yeah yeah I,
1: yeah i i couldn't i man i couldn't agree more and I just got a couple of couple of things i 'm going to cover uh, and then we'll wrap this up uh but uh yeah i feel like the cinematography was fantastic there are some shots in this that were just i agree wow very very good um i eleven I just thought it was funny uh he was voiced by i think his name's Take with
0: oh yeah, you know i directed about? Ragnarok
1: yes, yes, that 's him, so I might be mispronouncing it, but that is him, and uh, I do think we 're going to see more of him in the show uh, i 'm not sure, but what I remember hearing a while back was that he 's going to get referenced in the show. A lot of people are going to mistake him as i g eighty eight from Empire Strikes back, and it 's going to annoy him so uh, but then again, we saw him die, so i don 't really know you know that 's what makes me kind of interested to see this uh, what comes next, but yeah, I thought he was cool. It's super funny how he gets there. And then he's just like that meme where it's like, so anyway, I started blasting. And he just, like you said, it was so cool to see him move. Yeah, you know? I love that. Him moved. And um, yeah. And OK, my, my favorite moment in this entire show was when they bring out a turret and the Mandalorian latches onto it. And then he gets on it and you see him blast. And I was just I, something about that scene blew my mind. Like, I don't know how to explain. I don't know if it was the music or just, I don't know what. But, I mean, did you like that It, it all, seemed or was it, it seemed like, like that? something That's you'd funny.
0: expect The Mandalorian to do. That's all I could say. Yeah,
1: I just thought that was... Like, man, the way they shot that, like, if they ever did a Halo movie, or, like, even the, the Halo show on Showtime, like, if they had Master Chief shooting, you know, on a Warthog turret with that, like, oh, my God. Like, I just... Oh yeah, I actually instantly thought of Halo when I saw that. You
0: just you like, just, so cool. just saddened me to realize so, that the chances of the Halo show being as good as Mandalorian are very slim.
1: Oh, you never know, man. <laughs> there's got to be a huge budget with that. Well, <laughs> but uh yeah, um yeah, then there's that like just to go back to the cinematography, like there is, you know, it, it was funny when they're like, okay, we still need to get in that room or whatever. And then they kind of both look over to that door and then they blast it down. And then you see them walk in. And that is just such an iconic looking shot. Like, that just looks like something that would come right out of concept art. Yeah. You know? Like, I, concept art come to life. Like, that was fantastic. But yeah, uh, the baby Yoda, that was incredibly interesting. And that blew my mind because you, the first shot you see is a, the back of him, sort of. And you see the little ears. And I, I literally sat up like I could not be close enough to the television. I was like, "What? I did not know that was a thing." I knew that supposedly he was like a baby was going to have something to do with this show, but I had no idea it was going to be that race. And when I looked online actually uh and I don't I don't know how accurate this is, but I do see a lot of people saying that that it sounds like we were were supposed to get uh, a peek behind his species, Yoda species in the show. Like they're going to they're going to sort of unveil uh, a little bit. About that stuff. So it makes me super, super interesting. But what I thought, what has me speculating the most about that, okay, is that when we see the client give the bounty to the Mandalorian, there's a doctor that comes out. whose name is Dr. Pershing. And he specifically requests that that asset be, be brought back to them alive. Okay? And this is a doctor saying mm-hmm. this. Okay? Now, this is something that's been sought after for 50 years. However, on the opposite end of things, when he killed, when the Mandalorian killed IG, IG spoke otherwise and said that he was to be terminated. So it creates an interesting dichotomy of like there's people out there who who really want this little guy. And there's some importance to him. But some want him dead and some want him alive. And the ones that want him alive is a doctor. So that's interesting. But also it could have to do too with, you know. The only two of that species that we know are Yoda and Yaddle and they were both force sensitive. So I don't know, but I just thought that was really telling definitely is fueling my speculation right now. So, hmm. um, but yeah, overall just to put a bow on this, uh, I really, really loved it. I was floored. Um, I do feel like if I, if I can just at least say something critical about it, I do feel like the pacing was a bit slow in the beginning. It took a little bit, but I'd say about midway through going into the end, it started to pick up and, you started to get, you know, they started to fill back layers of just this Mandalorian character. And, uh, when I went back and watched it the second time, I just, I was, I loved it even more. So, and, and lastly to the credits, I thought were fantastic. The soundtrack for those who want to listen is now available up on Spotify. You can also go buy it on iTunes to my understanding. Um, and it's just for that episode itself. So, and the, the last track is the track that plays during the credits. And that is just, oh, it slaps. dude! like, it's so good. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah,
0: I think it's going to be something that, you know, this will be a really once we have a whole season, it'll be really good flow to watch it all, you know, watch it all together.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Like when you're when you're at the point when you can binge it, like it's going to be it's going to be cool. Can you imagine? No, now I would never I would never want anyone to ever be in a coma. So I'm going to just preface it by what I'm about to say by saying that. But can you imagine what it once be like or what it would be like for someone to maybe kind of miss the last few years of Star Wars content and come out of something like that, and just see that there's all this stuff. Now there's a live action show. There's like two other television shows. Yeah. so like what five, four, six movies? Yeah, it, that's just insane. It's insane to be at this point in time. I've thought that it's, it's I've thought that
0: before with Halo. I've thought like if somebody, if somebody's last time for whatever reason, like I said, I don't want anyone to be hurt or in a bad situation. But you know, if some for some reason the person's last time playing Halo was Halo Three if they could, they could come to this point right now and in Halo, they'd be like, whoa, a lot has happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, especially with the 343 stuff. Like, I, I would... Like, you mentioned it kind of uh, on your Erica Plays Halo post, but, like, it's. I think it's going to be really, really cool to see her get to Halo 4 just because of the Cortana. I think she'll dynamic. love that one the like, most. Like, that's where... I think so too. I completely agree. I think it's going to be because that's where the story really picks up. Like, there's emotion. You know, like, I think the further she gets into Combat Evolved, she's going to get that, like, vibe. You know, she's she's really going to get more of the story and the characters and stuff, and especially with the twist. But, man, Halo 4 just, like, it has a cinematic storytelling feeling to it that yep. I think Halo 3 does have, but it's on a whole different it's just level not, of emotional it's, depth. It's,
0: it's character and four, it's character more than anything. But Bungie, Bungie yeah. crafted really good. Like w- worlds and and feels, but it's it's really in the character in Halo Four.
1: So, yeah, would you agree that like I think the Bungie Halos make you feel like a badass, and they have this epic yeah kind of story, space opera, and then you go to Halo Four, and it feels like this is a uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it. It's like a it just has such character depth to it. Yeah, you know, I like really I said, before, like so.
0: I said I've seen a lot of people that. They came to the series because they love Halo Four. Like Halo Four is what brought them in, and I, I get that. Like on one hand, you know, like you and me both love the original trilogy more, but um, um, mm-hmm. I, Halo Four has something to offer that the original trilogy doesn't, and it kind of sucks to be kind of yeah. sucks to be those people who came in for that on Halo Four because if Four is the best to you, you know, Five doesn't really benefit the Bungie fan or the Halo Four fan, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. that's kind of like, that's kind of was like same, same kind of similar things with star Wars too. You know, it's like somebody could have came in on force awakens and like, that's their thing. Um, and then last Jedi might've soured them. But then again, there's a lot of people who hated force awakens for being so non-original and last Jedi is like now a saving grace for them. So,
1: yeah, that's something that's, that's one last thing I want to talk about before we wrap this up is that, you know. When for those I got to I'll take a moment since we're doing a Star Wars episode to just say this. But when when Last Jedi came out, when I was watching it. I remember having a moment where I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm enjoying this. And when it was over, I real deep down, I knew that I didn't like it. However, I was still processing it. And then I went through a brief phase of like hating it and like understand and just really looking for other people who are also like frustrated because it was the first time that ever happened for Mm -hmm. me but i also tried my best to be happy for people who enjoyed it because i want people to enjoy it i wanted to like it i didn't want to not like it but in subsequent times as my own expectations have worn off as i've uh, seen it for what it is judged it on its own merits i like it more that being said I still like it from an acquired taste where it's taken me time to really come around to yeah. it compared to every other Star Wars film where I just, I loved it right away, but I do like it. And, and for those people that love it and might consider it their favorite Star Wars film of all time, I think that's awesome. And I'll, I'm all the more interested to talk to those people about it and pick their brain as to why they feel that way. Cause that's cool. So, yeah. So, I, I love that stuff. That, that stuff said,
0: excites me. Like it, it excites me yes, that, exactly. that
1: someone's favorite Halo is
0: five or someone's favorite Star Wars is last Jedi yeah
1: and i think that's that's what i wanted to get into is and i think you'll relate brian especially with halo 5 when i say this but the last jedi for me humbled me as a star wars fan yep. it really yes. forced me to look at myself 100%. and re re yeah, reevaluate how i felt because the thing is is that you said this once before too regarding halo but i'm going to use it in the context of star wars but uh Every time before anything else Star Wars related that had come out before, even there were things that I didn't necessarily like as much, but I tried to convince myself at times that I enjoyed it. You know, it might have been just a comic. It could have been a video game. It doesn't matter, but it, it was usually like I love and generally I love all of Star Wars, but there were some things that I just maybe didn't flow with as much or vibe with. And I still tried to convince myself that I did like it, didn't love it because it was Star Wars. Now, when I saw Last Jedi, it made me realize I didn't, you know, at first, like I said, I didn't like it. Yeah. So it's really humbled me because when Solo came out after, I realized, okay, it wasn't like I'm just maybe getting older and maybe I'm kind of growing out of this. No, I still love Star Wars. I loved Solo. It's just that I just didn't enjoy that film as much. And that's okay. It's okay to not enjoy every piece of a brand, you know, of media that I'm, that I'm, that I like. So, yeah, I mean, and, and yep. feel free to chime in, too, if you want to, with Halo 5, but, I mean, I, I know you, yeah, no,
0: you completely agree with you. No, that. we're, so we're if, both at the same spot, and you, you saw me go through that because, uh, you know, when, when we were waiting for Halo 5, I was one of the few people that Halo had never let me down before. Like, you'd already been let down by Halo 4 um, at the time, so, like, you'd, you'd yes. known what it felt like to be let down by Halo already, but I had never known that because I liked everything up till five. And then when five came out, you know, you, you, as someone, as a close friend to me, you can speak to the fact that, you know, the, the, the obsessive halo lover that I, that Brian is that very much has been gone and been dormant for the last three to four years because halo five just wrecked, it wrecked it for me. Um, But like you said, the perfect, you put it the perfect way. It humbled me because now I'm back and I honestly feel I feel like I'm a stronger Halo fan now than I was before 5 because
1: yeah, I've, completely I'm agree. able to
0: love the things I love more and respect the things I don't for what they are.
1: Yep, exactly. I couldn't agree more, dude. I, that's exactly how I feel. And when I looked at this episode, that's what it made me realize was that Like, hey, I still love Star Wars. Because there was a little part of me in the back of my mind that thought, "Am I, like I said, am I too old? Like, am I growing out of this? Is there something like like that's a shift that's happening? Yeah, You know, and this is my first experience. I didn't, I was just, it's like you when you get to Halo 5. Like, going into it, you're so ready and excited and you love everything you see and you're buying into it. And then you play it and you're just, there's this moment of like, I'm not having fun. Mm -hmm. And I don't like where this is going. And, yeah, so... Watching The Mandalorian again kind of reaffirmed that in my head, but also helped me reassess again. Like, yeah, I do. I can honestly say now I love The Last Jedi, but there's, you know, uh, there's a huge, it's a 50 50 thing with me. I don't hate it, but I, but 50% of me doesn't like it. I don't know, but... know about
0: you, but I'm in this place now with like with Halo where if Halo Infinite came out and it was just as bad or worse than Halo 5, I fully believe that I'll still be just as much of a Halo fan. Like that's the point I'm at now. Like it would be it would be no, it be depressing. That. Like it would be awful for that to happen. Like that would be horrible and I would definitely be upset, but like Oh yeah. yeah. But like are you at that point too like where if Rise of Skywalker came out and it you just completely it was just as bad or worse than last Jedi for you you'd still be as much of a Star Wars yeah, fan, I, right? I mean.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I there's nothing that they could do um, and, 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 you know, it's not a diss on this sequel trilogy. You know, I feel like I might have come across that at times, but but I love the sequel trilogy. I love Ray and Finn and Poe and all these new characters that's introduced and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I'm so ready to love this film. I feel like I'm already ready. You know, I feel like a grandma who's just waiting for her you know, like kids to arrive, you know, or something like I... that. Or grandkids to arrive. Yeah. Like, I'm just ready to give it just big hug and embrace it. But uh, I do want to say real quick before you say that, uh, just that, I'm I'm just more if anything, I'm just more ready to see what comes next for Star Wars. Yeah. You know, what new territory we're gonna go into cinematic thematically and stuff. So but anyway, go ahead. Okay,
0: I'm gonna ask you one question, one last question. You're gonna love this question, and then you wanna sell us out after that? Absolutely. Okay. Um uh, this is hit me with it. Is there any hope for your dream of Hayden Christensen being a nine left?
1: <laughs> okay. So, uh, there is a podcast that, for those listening, as long as you don't mind spoilers and leaks, you should definitely check out called Making Star Wars. He runs a network of a bunch of other shows, and they're all fantastic. Rogue One, all these other shows, super, super great. Great people. Um, now, he he was the one, the one who runs the Making Star Wars podcast. He was the one who leaked the Han Solo uh, information, a lot of this other stuff. Uh, now, I think he was on, went on record in saying, as far as he knows. He hasn't heard anything about Anakin being in or not in, so and that's really the last I've heard of that personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, granted, he—I I think it's possible he could be in. For one, uh, he's just been—he's been way more involved lately. Hayden in Christensen with Star that's Wars. That's what I saw. So I think that's entirely possible, and, and I'm hoping for it. Like I'll, I'll put it this way, Brian, just to answer it shortly. I, I definitely think there's a chance. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to set myself up for disappointment, so I'm not surprised if he does. I
0: feel like there's a chance too, but like, there hasn't pretty much everything about the movie leaked, and that hasn't been part of it. <laughs> yes. So that makes me that yeah. makes it seem like there's no way he'll
1: be. in Well, that. I don't know. That, that's the thing, um, and that's a different conversation for another time. Because man, I, I know we'll drag that on, but I'll just say that I'm. I, I don't know how I feel about the last like the the ending basically I'd say like the, the last the third act I, it seems a bit iffy uh, so I'm not I believe the leak to be accurate the one like you know like we both seen but I just man I feel I feel a bit iffy on some of that stuff in the third like I don't know how accurate that is or I don't know if that's gonna pan out I mean it's entirely possible even that Disney is throwing us for a loop with some yeah. stuff because they've done that before just like you you know I think you said before you know I think 343 uh, might have done with the master chief collection calling it the war games and all that stuff. So, but, uh, but all right guys. Uh, yeah. So closing thoughts, Brian, uh, how do you, you, know, it sounds like you, you weren't, you, you enjoyed what you saw, but you weren't necessarily blown away, but you are looking forward to seeing what comes next, correct? Yes.
0: I will say, and obviously, even when I say the word objective, like objective is still someone's opinion. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. but I'm gonna say objectively as a singular episode of a piece of television, just basing it as a as a episode of television, I would give it a very strong eight out of ten. What do you but, give it out of ten, Josh? All right. Guys. It's okay. We can, it our, uh, we can give it a you can give it a ten out of ten if you want.
1: Now I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give okay, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten just because the length felt the length was really the only part I felt a bit underwhelming. So but otherwise what 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 was in there I would say is a ten out of ten. But just overall 9 out of 10 for me. Loved it. Cannot wait to see what's next. Right. Uh, absolutely excited to see what the future of Star Wars uh, has for live action stuff. I love the cartoons too, but uh, just very excited. Very, very excited in general. Awesome. So, all right, guys. Now, you know we're on Anchor. But get this, okay? Get this. We're on Spotify. Brian, I'm pretty sure, though, are, are we or are we not on Google Podcasts?
0: We are on, we are on Google Podcasts, iTunes. Spotify. What? What? Everything you can name. We are on there. Uh, you can including Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. All this stuff. Stuff I've never even heard of. We're, crazy? we're on it. And we're, everywhere. we're even on if you just want to go through the web browser. Uh, we're on anchor.fm slash sacred icon halo. And uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at, at Brian's Bane on Twitter and Josh is at Jovial Joshy. On Twitter, and our main mm-hmm. main main source of uh, getting in contact with us is is the Sacred Icon Halo Twitter, which is at sacred icon <laughs> sacred icon halo. Um, yeah, second time. And uh, we also have the uh, email sacred icon halo at gmail dot com. You can leave any uh, messages or uh, questions you have or topics you like us to cover there. So, yeah.
1: What about if anyone wants to read your stuff, Brian? You know, you tend to um, write about Halo I, a lot because you love it, right?
0: I have I have some new ideas for that. So I'm actually not gonna plug that. and I'm, I'll talk to you about that okay. off the air. But that's I'm glad you mentioned oh, that, Josh. Okay. So yeah. Spicy. Yes. Yeah. So all right, guys. Well oh well thanks for
1: uh thanks for joining oh, us. Oh uh, also the... and just, just a quick mention, um Brian's wife Erica is playing through the Halo games for the first time, so for any of you uh, who are into the Halo series uh, and want kind of a fresh take on what it's like to experience that stuff, you can uh, find that out through the Sacred Icon Halo Twitter or at Halo. Is that correct? That's what that is? Yep,
0: that's her Twitter handle, and basically I just post okay. I'll post uh, a video. Every time she beats a level of Halo, we post a video that is 2 minutes and 18 seconds or shorter because that's what it has to be to be on okay. Twitter. So.
1: Ah, good deal. Well, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Oddball. I'm going to say it that way. Every you have to time. now. I love it. I have to. It's canon. It's out there. So, but all right, guys. Thank you much so uh, so much for listening, and uh, definitely tune in next time when we will be back to talking more about Halo. Thank you, guys. Peace. May the force be with you.